podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Nat Coombe Show, SBK Edge Rush. We're back, week eight, week go again. Gang, we are talking Steelers, Eagles. Browns, Bengals, Raiders, Saints. We'll have the Edge Rush Acker. We will have Propos Prop Bets of the Week. And of course, we will have the Drew Locks of the Week. It changes right here, right now, gang. I promise you that. I'm coming out swinging. Let's get straight down to it with a brilliant Propo. Propo, good to see you already. We are, what, mere seconds into the recording. You have that smirk <laughs> on your face, that smirk on your face, big man. And I know exactly what it's about. You know what? You know what? What? Just like Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. I'm just going to come out blaming everyone else. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Was I was actually going to say, the reason why I've got a smile on my face is because I think it was actually a, la- a landmark moment in the Drew Locks last week because we were, I was responsible for your loss and you were actually responsible for my loss because what do you mean? I said to you, I think what was it in the first quarter when we were doing the red zone show on talk sport two, mm-hmm. uh, this was uh, the most faith I'd had in any of your Drew Locks so you far did. this season. Um, and it started, it started fast. The Browns and the Ravens defenses, actually grew into the game. They started looking quite sluggish and Chubb was running all over the Ravens. So I thought it was going to be a long day, uh, but then they both corrected very well. And obviously we saw what happened at the end. We don't need to go into it. Because, what, what did uh, I say to you all? And you said, oh, this is our death. This is the most confident I've been. You, this yeah, and you is, said you jinxed it. You, you said you jinxed it. So, you opened it back. Yeah, I completely jinxed it. Take full responsibility. But you also have to take full responsibility for mm. my loss, which was the under in the San Francisco 49ers Kansas City Chiefs game because mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes had the best performance against a number one ranked defense in the NFL in history by a country mile. Yes. It is that he broke all of the records in that in those metrics and it was one of the most unbelievable performances I think we've seen in Patrick Mahomes' career and that's saying something considering how incredible he has been so far and that so how's that my how's so, that my fault because let me finish <laughs> I've got all Carlson on you yeah you are going Carlson that would have never happened if you had made the Chiefs your Drew Locke <laughs> yeah, of course it wouldn't. Because because of course the, the Chiefs were my number two. And this yeah. is the last week show I remember me agonizing over, oh, which way am I going to go? And you talked me off off that one as well. You were like, oh, I much prefer. No, I didn't necessarily yeah, talk you yeah, off yeah, that. I was yeah. just telling you, I give you what the Sharps were. And all the Sharps mm-hmm. were on the 49ers. That number got bet down a lot. That number yeah. got bet down to one and a half. And I mean, again, I, it, it would just, you never factor in as someone who's relying on numbers, who relies on sort of, prior metrics mm. to kind of make these decisions for someone like Patrick Mahomes to go and have that yeah, level of a day, that level of a performance against a defense that is the number one ranked in the NFL going into it. So I think you've got to take your hats off to the Chiefs and hats off to you for that being your second pick. I just really regret the fact that you didn't take it as your first because if you had, uh, it would have been like 21-20 to the Chiefs and not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to go again. I'm now 0-7. A uh, number of listeners got in touch. I love the fact you, that that makes you laugh. You know what? My record. Oh, and seven um, is so impressive. I keep telling you this week on week because I can't tell you how. Okay. Like these are 50 50 picks that essentially we're picking, and that's where the market lays them out. Go, oh, and seven. I feel crazy. I feel reassured by looking at the 
uh, the professional shops that write about NFL gambling or, or, or broadcast on NFL gambling, which of course is you know increasing with the, the legalization in much of America of it, how many of them are having really bad seasons? So the Athletic guy was talking about it. There's yeah. a guy on another podcast uh, that I think is a very sharp shop uh, who is almost doing almost as badly as I am. He, and this is a guy who is a professional gambler, right? So let's put it into context. Uh, he is, I think, one and six. Uh, oh, <laughs> he's geez. lost six in a row. So that that fills me with a little bit more. Yeah. Have you seen bit. also the survivor pools? Do you know what a survivor mm. pool is? Right. I do, but explain it to our listeners who maybe Yeah. Don't. So a survivor pool is essentially where, and I think a lot of sharps do this, where you put X amount of money in at the start. And then basically you get to pick a team each week to win straight up, not against the spread, a team to win straight up against um, money line. And then as soon as you use them one week, you can't then use them again can't pick for the again. rest of the season. You can't right. pick them again for the rest of the season. So for example, if last week you picked the Chiefs, you would have got through. But if you picked the Niners, you wouldn't have got through. And if you did pick the Chiefs and you got through, you would have never, you can't pick the Chiefs for the rest of the season, not even if they're against the Steelers or anyone. And apparently the survivor pools, like and it's week eight mm. and pretty much if you've survived through to week eight in pretty much like 95 percent of survivor pools you've already guaranteed to make considerable profit on what you already put in wow and that usually doesn't happen until about week 14 week 13 where you kind of start realizing yes i'm going to make money but now it's kind of down to who's going to win it yeah but last week yeah. apparently cleared loads of people out because obviously we had so many upsets I mean, how many people would have put the yeah, bucks yeah, how yeah, many yeah. people would have put the bucks in last week i'm assuming a large percentage so particularly yeah, the way the bucks impossible. are playing this season uh, you know it's, it's a great point so the, the way the bucks are playing this season which is indifferent you'll wait for that supposedly really soft landing spot for them um it, it is a good point so what i will always remind you and indeed our listeners at this stage of proceedings i might be 0 and 7 this season but i'm 16 and 13 over the course of the last season and yeah. a half. Yeah, yeah you see, yeah. I've got to write this. Yeah, you got to write this time. So, hey, I'm still up. And and because uh, a lot of listeners have got in touch about uh, the introduction of Cocoa and Pebbles to the to the Drew Lock of, of the week. Uh, over on iTunes, actually, we've had some Cocoa and Pebbles love. You'll also love this, Propo. So if I look, uh, look us up on iTunes, I think you will remember last week, uh, on last week's show, you asked when I suggested if anybody leaves us a review on any pod platform. We really appreciate that because we like to see it help spread the word. It helps our algorithm. It helps uh, keep our sponsors happy, all of that. You had a slightly different perspective and said, if you do leave a review, uh, please mention that you should fade Nat and fade Nat's Drew Locks. Well, that's exactly uh, what uh, Suk did over on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, fade Nat Coombs is the name of the, <laughs> the headline of the review. The Sharps Fade Nat's Drew Locks. He's, is this you? Did you just create a... Um, have anyway. you seen the name? The na- <laughs> if you read the whole name out, I'm pretty sure it's gone. I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. Legendary. I really no, hope no, you're no. going to go Partridge there and go the I whole did, thing. That was I did that once on back in, the, for that. back in the Channel 5 days I did that. I got done. Yeah. <laughs> I got done very badly. Um, the other one, I think Carlson did as well on a classic. Oh, back in the old, on the old email days. The other one was from a Cocoa and Pebbles fan. Uh, this is the best podcast, but the real question is when are Coco and Pebbles taking over the whole of Edge Rush? So, oh, you might be in danger as well. To be so. fair, I'm four and three. I've lost three in a row. So, I mean, God, it, it, could, it could be, yeah, it could be Coco and Pebbles uh, doing the whole of Edge Rush at this moment well, in time. They are going to, as, as I think I established on last week's show, when I get below 500, 
which could be which could be as uh, as soon as four weeks time, three weeks time. Then so below five hundred. So at the moment I go to if I go to sixteen and seventeen, that's when they're going to take over the picks. All right, that's all I'm. Okay, fine. Let's get into it then. So Raiders Saints is where we're starting. Raiders Saints. Interesting elements to this. First things first. You'll be proud of me, Propo. I've been doing my statistical research in terms of retrospective games, but keeping it inside the realms of logic and not going back to 2004, uh, statistically, that they've lost 15 on the road since 2018. <laughs> the Saints won 5-1 and one against the spread this season. Mm-hmm. Saints won 5-1. and one. So unlike, say, the Falcons, who tend to do pretty well against the spread, Saints, not so much. Long week for them after Thursday night football as well. So they're coming into this game extra rested. And... They've made the call that Dalton is going to go over Winston. Interesting. Interesting call. Um, up against a Raiders side that is hopefully me and my Drew Locks in a few weeks. Resurgent, bouncing mm. back and biting fit. Josh Jacobs, I know you want to talk a lot about him. He's motoring right now and up against one of the weaker Rundies in the NFL. They've got... Hunter Renfro back as well. Waller, uh, Darren Waller, who we talked about over on FFS earlier in the week. As an injury question mark, but we're recording this Thursday morning and he seems more likely than not that he could go. He practiced Wednesday, which is a good sign. So Waller could be in the mix as well. So all of those swirling around in my head, this is the thing that I really like about this matchup. The over, Propo. So the mm-hmm. Raiders have hit the over in four out of six games this season. Yeah. The Saints have hit five out of seven. So in games that they have played, uh, nine times out of 13, the over is hit. Not like their mods, quite frankly. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's incredibly surprising. I also had the um, the Saints over total down on my notes mm. because it's such a surprise coming into this season, realistically, because the New Orleans Saints, I mean, we spoke about it on many a podcast with Shane Varee and yourself, very big on the New Orleans Saints going into this season. And that was because yeah. of this defense and because of the additions they made in Tyron Matthew. He hasn't really come to fruition. Last year, they had one of the best run defenses in the NFL. That hasn't really come to fruition this year. Everyone thought by Dennis Allen becoming the head coach that they were going to be cemented as this defensive team. Again, that hasn't really happened. They're surrendering nearly 29 points per game, which ranks second worst in the NFL. And I understand you've had Marshawn Lattimore out for the past two games, but even when he was playing, he got absolutely torched by Justin Jefferson in London. We saw that with our own eyes. Yeah, And I can't quite get my head around whether this is going to be a unit that corrects itself, that it sort of reverts back to the mean in terms of we'll see them improving slowly as the season goes on and sort of looking a little bit more like what they did last season, or whether this is a unit that, like we've seen with so many units this year, such as the Seahawks offense surprising us, or you've got the likes of the Rams offense surprising us the wrong direction. There's a lot of units that what we thought coming into the season hasn't really sort of materialized in the same way. And this sense defense is one of the the biggest ones for the exact reason, because you've got stars like Cameron Jordan as well, mm. who is playing really well and he's playing out of his skin. But again, he doesn't seem to be having enough of an impact to stop teams being able to score points. So the over, I think, is a great shout. It's currently at 49 and a half. Um, it has been bet up from 48 and a half. So there's been money coming in on it. And also mm. when you've got the Raiders, who also rank 26th on defense, they've got 25 points allowed per game. I think 
that is a recipe for a great pick. But as I've said, my problem is, is it's always, it's like the way that every week you're like, okay, the Bucks are going to start winning again. You know, like every week we get to that point where you're like, I want to be on the right side of the Bucks and we see the best mm-hmm. of Tom Brady and Mike Evans. And you know what we even said last week, we can't, we want to be on that right side when the New York Giants revert back to the mean. They're not yeah. as good as a six and one record is saying. So when are we going to see it? I want to be that sharp guy sitting there mm-hmm. on that Sunday evening thinking, yeah, I knew I was always right about the New York Giants. I knew I was always right about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm. and I have that exact same feeling with this New Orleans Saints defense. So as much as I think it's a great pick, there's that part of me that thinks what actually happens if the New Orleans Saints defense suddenly turns up, suddenly Tyron mm-hmm. Matthew becomes that lockdown safety, Marshall Lattimore comes back, which is looking likely and he manages to stop Devontae Adams, which is obviously a lot easier said than done. But at the same time, there is that part of me, which is on paper, this looks like a great pick, but mm. it's just something, there's something in it, which always, always gives me a little bit of fear. So is that why you're going Saints team total as opposed to the overall total? Uh, do you know what I think I might, this is a really interesting game. And when we first uh, decided to, to discuss this game on Edge Rush, I was mm. really in on the Saints at plus two and a half because I think that, they're the home team and I think you're giving them two and a half points at home mm-hmm. and I think that as much as the Raiders have been really impressive I spoke about it on this exact show a couple of weeks ago that I don't think they're as bad as their record suggests and I think we were going to see improvements because Derek Carr was just beginning to understand this offense I think in the same way with the New Orleans Saints, I think they're a better team than their record suggests. And I think like that freak performance against the Cardinals last week with two pick sixes in the space of what, like two minutes. Mm. I don't think you'll see something like that happen against a Raiders team that can't turn over the ball in the same way that we saw the Cardinals do last week. And Andy Dalton, yes, he was pretty abject last week, but he's actually been pretty impressive across the board. And when you add that element of Taysom Hill, the Raiders defense has also been really underperforming throughout this season. So as much as I was considering taking the Saints in this spot, the fact that Andy Dalton's starting kind of made me a little bit more apprehensive. So do you know Mm -hmm. what, Nat? The Mm -hmm. New Orleans Saints team total sounds like a great bet. Okay, there we go. That's one down. Let's go next to your Bengals key divisional matchup. You're not going to let me talk about Josh Jacobs. Oh, I said you were going to talk about Josh Jacobs. We agreed you were going to talk about Josh Jacobs before we started recording. And here I am sailing into Browns Bengals. Tell me about Josh Jacobs proper. Well, to be fair, I could easily do the exact same thing with Browns Bengals. It's just a bit of running back love because everyone seems to be out on the running backs at this moment in time because it's an easy position to replace. It's next man up. It's all of those things. It's reliant on the offensive line and the stock in running back seems to be decreasing year on year. But Josh Jacobs is having an incredible run of games. The most rushing yards since week four. Josh Jacobs has 441. Saquon Barkley has 409. Nick Chubb has 399. And Jacobs has played three games. Saquon and Chubb have played four. That's how incredible his run of games has been. He's got the Mm. most missed tackles per attempt. He's got the most broken tackles per attempt. Second most yards after contact per attempt. Most rushing first downs as well. Listen to this. This This is the category that we're now putting Josh Jacobs in after the last three games. Players with 140 plus rushing yards in three straight games over the last 10 years. Oh, okay. Let me have a guess on this. There's two others. In the last 10 years. In the last 10 years. Um, I would say... So uh, over 140 yards or more in three straight games. Three straight games. McCaffrey? Nope. Mm. Kamara? Nope. Mm. You're literally Uh, the other one. Oh, okay. Uh, Last 10 years. So Adrian Peterson? Yep. Uh, 2012. Uh, Still playing now. Probably could do it in the next three games if he wanted to. Zeke? 
No, no. especially if Tannehill's out. Especially if Tad, oh, Derek Henry. Yeah, Derek Henry. So, I mean, the fact that you're now putting Josh Jacobs in a category with Derek Henry and Adrian Peterson just says how impressive he has been. There's this a brilliant clip on Twitter. Go find it from the Texans game where he makes three men miss and then he carries mm. like two defenders with him as well. Mm. He is running so hard. And considering that last year, everyone was kind of expecting it to be sort of a run by committee with Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. He kind of got, he took that job back and this year he's really made it his own. He's, everyone always expects running backs to regress and everyone thought after his strong first two seasons, seasons he was going to regress and everyone thought they were right when they saw that last season mm-hmm. he has come back angry he looks absolutely sensational credit to Josh McDaniels for getting the best out of him and yeah all all in on Josh Jacobs at this moment in time I think he is a he is an absolute legend love that great numbers as well and I think I think it's that Mike Mayock thing you know he's heavily criticized for a number of his drafts and picks reaching particularly for you know Cleland Farrell and Co. And I think he suffered from that, that it was this negative vibes about and perspective on Mike Mayock and, and Josh Jacobs was very much in uh, tarnish with that brush and, and didn't expect him to to level up to, I don't think many people did though, to, to the level he is now. So yeah, I love that. Love that proper. I love the numbers there as well. Speaking of heavyweight running backs, Browns, Bengals is where we'll go next. Mixon versus Chubb. Looking forward to, to seeing that. This was a number that surprised me. Um, what do you think the Browns' record versus Joe Burrow is since uh, Burrow's been, since your boy's been in the league? Oh, that's a great question, actually. I reckon four and two, four and zero, oh, propo, four and zero, oh. four and zero. Oh. Jeez, I mean, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you know immediately where I'm going to go with that? Don't you? What? Nothing to do with Joe Burrow. That is just about <laughs> Stefanski being Taylor. a better coach than Zach Taylor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was a this was an interesting number for you, uh, and um, an interesting element to the whole Burrow story. Shout out to Victor Fur in the Athletic, who is um, that aforementioned sharp actually, who's uh, who picks against the spread on the Athletic every week, and uh, was uh, was talking and uh, drowning uh, his sorrows in uh, his. Um, Mixed bag of a season so far. So I like that. Uh, one of the guys that giving me inspiration. Uh, he was pointing out the move to shotgun. Uh, yeah. and the Bengals move to shotgun. You, you, you I'm sure, are across this as a, as a Bengals aficionado. Mm. But 88%, 96%, and 80%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three higher shotgun rates for Bengals in the last two seasons. And Burrow's quarterback rating, as he goes on to... Uh, outline is demonstrably higher when he's in the shotgun for, mm-hmm. for probably all kinds of reasons. Uh, so that is interesting. I wonder whether that is that there is a real connection with we, the, the fluency and cohesion of this Bengals offense that we're seeing now. That deliberate shift even more to shotgun seems to be seems to be working out for him. It definitely is, um, and it feels like we've found a way to get space for Jamar Chase, to get space for Tyler Boyd, especially who had a career day last week against the Falcons, managing to go over the top against cover two, which no one thought could be done. So it was very, very impressive. And we, Joe Burrow has been absolutely lights out. I mean, if you just look at the archive of throws to Jamar Chase over the past two weeks. I mean, they are literally on a dot. It is absolutely sensational. And I can't take any credit away from Joe Burrow and what he has been able to do. My only fear is that we have gone up against two of the worst secondaries, two of the teams that have been conceding the most points week in, week out in the Falcons and the Saints. And also both of those secondaries were banged up. There was no Marshall Lattimore, who we've already spoken about and how important he is to that Saints defense. Last week, pretty much they had no one in that Falcon secondary. They lost Terrell during the game and they didn't have their starting safety or their starting cornerback 
on the other side. Mm. So that meant that it was a much easier opposition to go up against and to kind of get back to the old looking Cincinnati Bengals and the way that we tore apart secondaries last season, the way that we got the ball to T Higgins, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase all sort of cohesively. And I think the one thing that I'm concerned about is that when we come up against a team that is going to be a bit more creative defensively and has more talent in that secondary. And obviously when you are consistently doing one thing over and over again, if you know that someone's going to be coming out the shotgun that consistently, surely there is an element of predictability to that as well. For sure. The tape that we put on throughout the season, the easier it is for teams to be able to work out exactly what we're doing. But the Mm. one thing that we can take away that is a positive is it looks like the offensive line is finally performing to the level we hoped when we invested that much money in the mm. off season. And also Hayden Hurst has been a huge addition to this team at tight end. So as much as I'm a lit, I am expecting some regression from this Bengals offense. I don't think it's going to be as star studded as we've seen over the past two weeks. We're not going to be putting up 35 points every single game. Mm. There are positives to take from it. And yes, the Cincinnati Bengals, although I don't think we are in the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs category right now. I think we are in that next best. Second tier. No doubt. Yeah. I, I think you are. And that's an interesting one. We should do, um, we should do some, maybe even do a, we could even do like a, a separate power ranking show. We should look at doing that actually. And, um, and smash that out. All right. A mid mid-season power ranking show. We'll do that. The other thing I wanted to get into you, no DJ reader, obviously, and the huge loss. It, yeah, the impact that's gonna have in this matchup with uh, you know, with Chubb and uh, and Hunt and that tag team. No Logan Wilson as well. He's Ooh. out for the game. So and there are two best run stoppers. Yeah. So that's the other narrative that people aren't necessarily looking at. Um for the Bengals because we've come away with two huge victories against the Saints and the Falcons no one's looked at the other side of the ball and yes everyone was laughing about the fact that Arthur Smith wasn't trying to win that game because they were 21 points down and he was still running the ball but he was running the ball with a lot of success I think Mm. the New Orleans Saints had nearly 200 yards rushing in the first half against us two weeks ago so without DJ Reader without Logan Wilson I think we're in serious trouble in the ways that we're going to be able to stop this Brown's offense, which is predicated on the run game, is predicated on Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, obviously, mm. setting up um, the run game, which then allows Jacoby Brissett to have more time in the play-action game. And I don't have any fear of Jacoby Brissett or this uh, passing game of the Cleveland Browns, the likes of Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, because mm. our passing defense has been elite all season. It has been sensational. I pointed out to you that hit by Chidobi Awuzie last week, mm. which was absolutely electric. It was lights huge. Up. Yeah, absolutely lights out. Mike Hilton's been playing really well. So I have full faith in this secondary with the likes of Von Bell as well. But our run defense is a mm. serious issue. And I think it's one that people aren't necessarily on top of and expecting to be this week going into a week where we're going up against one of the best rushing offenses mm. in the NFL. And that's why as much as I hate to go against the Cincinnati Bengals, when you've got a key number like three and a half mm-hmm. for the Cleveland Browns, which is what they're getting in this matchup, as soon as it moved to three and a half, I'd have to say that the value, if you're playing the number, is 100% on that. Oh, okay. So going against your Bengals. Hey, that's I won't bet know. it. I won't mm. bet it. But my professionalism is coming out here now. I'm just yeah. demonstrating I'm yeah. not biased. Strictly business. Yeah. Strictly business. Strictly business. You should, you yeah, exactly. Bet it. I always back against West Ham, mainly because my sister doesn't let me back West Ham because when I do, we lose. <laughs> <laughs> but that way it's win-win, right? Okay. Uh, last stop before we get into prop post, prop bets of the Akron. The moment you've been waiting for Drew Locks. Incidentally, we got a bonus Drew Lock this week. Our friend Tom Collins from SBK. I do the SBK edge rush extra show with him and we'll pop the link to 
their YouTube channel where you can watch that in the in the show notes. He's dropping by for his first Drew Lock of the season with us. Well, it's much easier coming in now, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I love the fact there's already fighting talk between the two of you. The two the two sharps going head to head. I'd watch that. I'd watch that like a Lev Bell. Uh, who did Lev Bell fight? Uh, was it AP? Adrian Peterson. Yeah, it was yeah. Adrian Peterson, it was wasn't AP. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, to be completely honest with you, if he goes on a run, I mean, that would help us out because... Whoever yeah. listeners we gained last year because of our successes <laughs> clearly have well, dropped off. So well, you, uh, you say that you say that proper, but I want to give a shout out because uh, you've reminded me um, to uh, one of our listeners who's got in touch with us via Twitter uh, called uh, Hindmarch or Hinmarch. You say potato, he says potato. Anyway, shout out to Hinmarch. He says hi lads. Just wanted to drop a message to say how much I'm enjoying the show this season. Been a long term listener. But this year has been one of the best so far. The Packers play notwithstanding, especially edge rush where Nat and Ollie have a great chemistry or should I say simpatico? There you go. There's five pounds, five more pounds for the simpatico yeah. charity, Joe. Every time I drop that word, uh, we're putting money, genuinely putting money to charity. Uh, keep up the good work, says uh, says Heinmarch. So thank you very much for that message and keep those coming in. Right. Uh, Steelers Eagles. He's clearly fading that Coombs. Uh, <laughs> was he the guy that posted yeah. on? on iTunes or Apple. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Steelers Eagles. What do you think about this came up on, I think it was, I think it might be the FFS, the either that or the Mike show this week. Yeah. It was FFS MVP chat. So Alan's the favorite. Yeah. Clear favorite. But Hertz is right in the mix there. I think the value might be on Hertz. 1500 yards in the air, six rushing touchdowns. What do you think? I do like it but I think the difference with Allen compared to Jalen Hurts is the fact that Allen doesn't have a run game to necessarily rely on mm. like Hurts does Miles Sanders has had a huge year and yes Josh Allen's got the likes of an incredible defense in the same way the Eagles do and Stefan Diggs to rely on I think Josh Allen does seem to be the beginning and end of that offense I think if you took Josh Allen out of the bills that would probably have the biggest impact of all quarterbacks in the league in mm. my opinion I know Case Keenum's the backup and he's obviously a serviceable guy who's got to Go a championship game but I still think that that's always the way that I've viewed an MP- MVP award and I mm-hmm. think that there would be a much bigger impact if Josh Allen was taken out of that Bills team mm. compared to if great point yeah who is more Joe Burrow's like, so that's why I think Joe Burrow deserves to be definitely in consideration for MVP because if you took Joe Burrow out of this Bengals offense, it would really fall apart in my opinion. I think he is the crux of it in terms of the belief that everyone around him has in him and the the chemistry that he has with Jamar Chase. If you put another quarterback in that scenario, I think Mm. that the Bengals would look like a completely different team. Is that that's again? I want a whole separate strand of that episode on that. All right, so Steelers Eagles, you feeling strongly either way here because the Eagles are heavy favourites, unsurprisingly. And I've seen this, and I don't know if is there sharp money on the Steelers uh, with this point spread, or is there just money going on it? I was reading somewhere that has the line changed at all. Yes, yeah, so the line has moved from uh, ten and a half to eleven and a half, which I thought was interesting because the data that I'm looking at from PFF mm. says that the money is coming in on Pittsburgh and the tickets. Oh, and that has, mm. and now it's moved back down to 10 and a half. So right. okay. that has literally happened this morning. So that makes a lot of sense because the tickets are all coming in on the Eagles and the cash yeah. is all coming in on Pittsburgh. That's right. And yeah. this seems to, this always makes sense to me because Mike Tomlin is 100% one of the best underdogs uh, covering the spread in the NFL by an mm-hmm. absolute country mile. It's what he's best at whenever you underestimate the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's when they always seem to perform. That is the MO of Tomlin and the identity of this team is the identity of Pittsburgh as a place. And I think that's why 
so often in the past couple of seasons, I've always backed Pittsburgh as underdogs and I've usually done it relatively successfully. Last week, I went against that with the Miami Dolphins because uh, I just expected the Miami Dolphins to tear apart that secondary. And for the mm-hmm. first quarter of that game, I was completely right and sitting there with my Miami minus seven, feeling very happy about myself. And then for some reason, it just completely fell apart. I thought the Miami Dolphins after that first quarter were going to win 36 nil at mm-hmm. that point because of the way it started, because of how easily Tua was moving the ball on this Steelers defense, but then the Steelers did what the Steelers do. They're plucky. They have great wide receivers that can make plays. Yes, Kenny Pickett seems to throw interceptions at the wrong time, but at the same time, he seemed to be able to move the ball. I think he put up over 250 yards against the Dolphins and everyone talked about how great that defense is. So I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a tough team to bet against, especially as big as an underdog as 10 and a half. Mm. Oh, nap. So this is the thing. Clearly the Sharps are on Pittsburgh Steelers maybe at this point. And as much as I usually try and side with the Sharps as much as I possibly can, the public are right 40% of the time. You've got to give them that kind of credit. And Sirianni said that his team still haven't played a complete game. Mm. He asked what that will look like. He says, we're up 20 to three at half and we'd love to duplicate that in the second half and win 40 to six. Oh, but that's just... That is just locker room material for Tomlin. Flores is Flores is just going up to everything. But he's not specifically talking player. about this game. He's talking yeah, this was this was, a, this oh, was, was a okay. from a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay, so. all right, fair enough. Yeah, I so think this, if that was a, if they was if they were calling out the Steelers, yeah, I think no, Flores he's was, not calling out the Steelers. Sirianni, I don't think would be that naive. Yeah, and yeah. the Eagles points differentials mm. at different quarters is crazy. They've only scored 35 points all season in the second half, 30 yeah. in the league on a points per game basis, but they have a plus 85 scoring differential in the second quarter and a minus 22 differential in the second half. That is nuts. Nuts. Well, wasn't one of the one of my Drew Lock bad beats sailing home at halftime and then, and then there were no points in the second half? Or something yeah. Oh, uh, what was that? Was that the Eagles-Vikings over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the Eagles-Vikings over. Yeah, exactly. The Eagles, they seem to get out to a always a fast start and Pittsburgh do the exact opposite. So trust mm. me, every sharp, every single article I've read, every single podcast I've listened to, mm-hmm. it seems to be the take. So I'm going to have to give it out here if everyone wants mm-hmm. to follow it. The world and its wife will be on the Philadelphia Eagles first half here. They will be on the Philadelphia Eagles first half total because mm-hmm. they have covered every single game, first half total, first half handicap. So if you want to be on that and you want to continue going with the trend, feel free. I will probably get onto it just because of peer pressure, most likely just because if it does come in, I'll feel so sad that I didn't back it. Mm -hmm. But that's not always the reason why you should bet something. So I do like the Philadelphia Eagles in this scenario. I think you might see almost the opposite happen where they don't necessarily start as fast, but then they kind of pull away at the end. Hopefully, that will be the case. So I would be leaning towards Philadelphia minus 10 and a half in this spot. I have to say now, I think that they're a better team in every single aspect up front. I think they're going to absolutely destroy the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Kenny Pickett is going to get absolutely hounded. And that's probably even without Robert Quinn playing, who obviously Mm. has just been traded there, which I think is a huge addition from Mm -hmm. the Chicago bears for very little as well. Not sure how much of an impact he will have because of the fact that he's only joined this week, but at the same time, they've still got Brandon Graham. They have still got Josh sweat in that defensive line. Mm. Yes. The Pittsburgh Steelers have great, great wide receivers, but currently there's no better secondary in the NFL than James Bradbury and Darry 
Darius Slay. And on the other side of the ball, Pittsburgh Steelers look completely banged up in their secondary. Yes, they might be able to get a little bit going from the defensive line, a little bit of pressure on Jalen Hurts, maybe stop Miles Sanders going. But I just think that AJ Brown's going to have a huge game. I don't think they have anyone with the size to stop him. And I think that Devontae Smith could have a huge game as well. And if they don't, you've got Dallas Goddard. They've got a wealth of weapons. This Philadelphia Eagles team are insane in, from a roster standpoint, from a talent standpoint. And I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, as much we saw as a great performance by them against the Dolphins on Sunday night football, I think we're going to see something a little bit similar to that Buffalo Bills game. Okay. Quinn for a sack. Lock it in. I guarantee he's going to get a sack in this game. I can feel it now. Uh, oh, prop bets. Here we go. Well, that segues perfectly into the propo prop Where are you going? Where are you going this game though? You've, you've very quietly not given me a pick in either the Browns or this game. Uh, so I like I like the Bengals in 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 yeah. uh, conversely with the points in that game. This one I don't feel strongly about. I mean, as I say, I, I am probably leaning towards the Steelers covering because I think that Tom going head to head. Yeah, well, let's do it because you think Eagles are going to go do that. So we're going head to head on both of those. I like that a little okay, spin nice. off spin off head to head. All right, yeah. so I'm taking the Bengals with the points, uh, or rather against uh, the spread, and I'm taking. The Steelers with the points. There we go. Yeah. Okay. That's. I think those are the two. Those are. The, I'm feeling a little bit bold going with the Browns and the Eagles in this spot because it doesn't seem to necessarily be what everyone else is doing. But we're you know flipping the script. We're flipping. Yeah. The script. I like. I like. Normally, I'm the on the Joe somewhere. side. You I don't do want to be uh, Well, speaking of which, then I hope you've got some left field propo a prop bets of the week. Which way are you going? I actually don't. They're actually quite basic prop bets. I'll go back to initially the one we just spoke about. AJ Brown, I think he's going to have a big game. Over Mm -hmm. 66 and a half receiving yards. He has not seen less than eight targets in any game so far and averages nine and a half yards per target. And considering how banged up the Steelers are in that defensive backfield, I think Brown to have a big day and go over this number. Similarly to uh, Tonga Vilo, I know you had him in your DraftKings team. Uh, over 268 and a half passing yards. I'm expecting a lot of points in Detroit and Miami. It's back in Detroit, which has been a hub for offensive firepower. We saw that incredible game between the Seahawks and the Detroit Lions in Detroit earlier this season. And I think with Tua getting off the cobwebs on Sunday Night Football, which we saw, I think we'll see him get the most of that outrageous partnership that is Waddle and Hill. And I don't see the Detroit Lions having anyone in their secondary who's going to be able to stop them. I think that's going to be... Then my, I won't lie, I was, I'm not going to do it, but the over in that game was attempting one for my Drew Lock of the Week. I think mm. that there's going to be a lot of points in the Dolphins, Detroit Lions. A lot of people Dolphins. seem like it's quite a high line though, isn't it? 51 and a half. Mm. Yeah, it's a very high line. But actually, funny enough, this is a rarity, but the Sharps are on the over and then the tickets are all on the under. So the the Joes are betting on the under, which is a, a rare thing to see. But I think it's because it's so high and people don't expect that mm. level of offensive firepower from either team from what we saw on uh, Sunday Night Football or last Sunday from Detroit. But I think there are going to be a lot of points in this. So I think Tua is going to have a huge game and I think he'll go over 268 and a half passing yards. The reason why I went Tua actually was because I was trying to decide whether Waddle or Hill. It doesn't really seem to be, it's quite, always quite difficult to decide which one's going to go off mm. in any in any which scenario. It's I know, true. Yeah. Sandrini was in, in that on FFS. So he's got Waddle in our show team this week. Um, I've, got, I've, actually, I've got I've got Waddle Hill. as well. You've got Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just got Waddle those. because of the price. Yeah. We'll put, yeah, that's true. The more value there. We're pushing those out incidentally. Uh, our show teams that we're putting in uh, to raise money for charity uh, going head-to-head uh, against each other, of course. And you can go head-to-head with us as well if you join uh, the show team. My last one, mm. 
Travis Etienne, a little bit of London action for everyone. Nice. Travis Etienne, over 18 and a half receiving yards. Now, I know the Broncos have an elite defense, but because the likes of Satan take away everything downfield, it forces QBs against them to dump off to their running backs. And of course, Etienne and Lawrence have great chemistry from Clemson. The likes of Josh Jacobs, Michael Carter, and Dion Jackson have all gone over this number in the receiving game. So I like it for Etienne. Okay, I've got for a money line treble. As follows. Straight up, three teams, money line. The Cowboys to beat the Bears. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Really like that. The Falcons to beat the Panthers. Yeah, I do like that. And I'm taking the Eagles over the Steelers. That is just over evens, 1.11. Yeah. I mean, it's just... What do you think? Yeah, what's what's that? Well, because, no, do you know what? I love all of those. I'm going to be completely real with you. I think that the Panthers, that was their game of the season last, last week. And I think we'll see them regress back to what we saw from them prior to last week. Yeah. I think that the Chicago Bears, again, I don't think they're going to be able to perform. I thought that whole game was a little bit of a freak game, if I'm being completely honest with you, in terms of um, the way the Bears played against that Patriots defense. And I don't think that the offensive line of the Bears is going to be able to even contend with this D-line of the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is going to be another game where we get Micah Parsons making a claim for defensive player of the year. And I've already made the claim that I think the Eagles are going to blow out Steelers so I'm not going to turn around to you and say that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers could win this one but the problem is as I've said straight up Moneyline Ackers have just been an absolute nightmare just because there's some really weird stuff happening in the NFL this year the Steelers beat the Eagles yeah exactly (laughs) the Steelers just could beat the Eagles because that's the way this season is going like from a sensical standpoint I think you're completely spot on and I love every single one of those picks but I could have done that week in, week out, you know, and it's just, there's always something happening which you would have never expected. Mm. Okie dokie. So my alternative one, Mm. I'm going to go with a slightly bigger price. I'm going to go with under 43 and a half 49ers Rams. Under 43 and a half Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And I'm going to go with over 51 in Dolphins Lions. Oh, so okay. that is six to one. So that's an alternative one for you. Okay, uh, much better odds. And I thought it was going to be the unders king of plumps are going all the way with the unders, but a sneaky over. You love that. You love I that. To, Dolphins. There's a lot of to- there's a lot of totals that I really mm. like this week. I have to say, it's been a much. Um, I think that the Cardinals Vikings could easily go over forty nine. I think both yeah. these teams' yeah. defenses are weaker than their offenses, and I expect Cousins to go off against that secondary. And I think Kyler Murray now has got Hopkins back. Look, like a completely different team. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pick this, but it's sad. But I think. The Broncos Jags is going to go under 39 and a half. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think if Wilson starts, I think it might go over. In what way? In what world? Just what have you seen? The London, the, lo- you? the London factor that something's got to get going with this offense at some point. Neither defense. You've said that since week two. Huh? You said that since week two. I we know. That conversation. This is your point earlier about at some point the Giants are going to get found out. At some point, so yeah, but so the, so. yeah, but the Giants that's because that's offense. because Wilson's what we've seen from the Giants has been poor. What we've seen from the yeah. Giants hasn't necessarily been enough for them to be six and one. What we've seen from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Denver Broncos. Now, have you watched any Denver Broncos games this season? I haven't watched. I haven't watched a game all the way through. I've only watched. I only watched Red. Well, Zone. I've watched at least three, and, and, and they are horrendous. Nat, they are so bad. They are so bad. Like, I mean, how how many times have they gone above twenty points this season? Actually, that's so, not true. I have watched. I didn't watch the whole of that Thursday of football, but okay. Yeah, look, they're bad. A, a hot take from Propo. The, the Broncos are bad. Well, no, but they're, you're trying to tell me they're going to put up points. They've only scored. 
uh, against more the than Jags. 20 points won this season and they Small lost. points against this Jags D. I, uh, okay, we'll see. I'm, I, I'm not going to take it as my Drew Lock of the Week, but I am going to pick my Drew Lock of the Week. So I've got a few options. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Okay. I do like the over a lot in that Raiders game. As we yeah. talked about earlier, the the numbers are, are with me there as well in terms of those two teams and the overs. I do also like the Falcons at minus four and a half. That's dropped. It was higher. Falcons at four and a half does tempt me because I think this is a, a bounce back week for them and a regressive week for, for the Panthers or rather kind of reverting to type for the Panthers. And then the other one I've got in the mix is the Patriots. Now that line has changed. I saw that at minus 1.5. Yeah, it's gone up to two and a half. Because Max has been named starter or? Well, I don't know if that would have moved it up. Moved to be it completely line, honest yeah. with you. I'm not it's sure. It, it was two and a half and then it went to one and a half after Monday Night Football. And then I think mm. people have bet it back up. Where do you sit on this then? Because I took it at one and a half. So do I get my Drew Lock at one and a half? No. Well, it was that when I picked it at, you know. No, but week. you can't. But the listeners aren't going to hear that, are they? They don't. They can't. You can't give something out that you picked. Like, imagine I took it. Alt, alt line. Yeah, okay, I probably right, could have got right. this game at Jets yeah. plus ten and a half before the season started. But okay, if I, I pick okay. that, I just say, well, can I have that for my Drew Lock of the Week this week? Okay, all right, crunch time. Do I go Belichick in the head of Zach Wilson? Two and a half. It's an extra point, propo. It's not fair. It's not a fair fight. Or do I go... It's still under the key one. number. Point, it's under the key number. The chance of them winning by okay. two is pretty minimal. Okay. I am going to go... Is, I can't Raiders. wait for them to win by two. No, <laughs> by two. Lock it up. Raiders Saints over or Patriots. Why do you always do this? I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to help I'm you. Look at your help after last week. You talked me off the cheese. I didn't there. talk you off. Yeah, you just you create did. this. You, I didn't talk you off it at all. I said I preferred the Ravens versus Browns over. And that was true. And I bet it with you. I didn't bet the Chiefs. And I uh, and I lost with you. So it's fine. I am going to go with... Belichick and the Patriots. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, I mean, I was completely with you. And I actually considered this for my Drew Look of the Week before Monday night. Monday night was terrifying, let's be honest, mm. because I don't know what happened to the Patriots' defense. I mean, the one thing you always expected... Belichick to do was to take away the biggest weapon on the opposition, especially when you've got a young quarterback. And the fact they didn't have a spy on Justin Fields, the way mm. they let him run all over them, and the fact that they weren't able to stop the run all night, I found mm. absolutely bizarre going up against that offensive line. So that's my only fear, but obviously no Brees Hall. And also the one thing that I don't think people are talking about enough is Vera Tucker, the mm -hmm. offensive lineman who apparently can play everywhere apart from centre to an elite level. Banged up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. him being out for the season is... Uh, a huge loss for the New York Jets. So I agree with you, except I'm going under 41 in mm. that game. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be able to put up any points against the New England Patriots. And I think this Jets defense is in very, very good. I think DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner will, will be able to shut down these Patriots wide receivers that have talent, but not enough to go up against secondary like that. But what I do think, and I agree with you on, is I think the Patriots will be able to run, dictate the clock. And I think Belichick will be able to out-scheme Seller in this scenario. But I think it's going to go under 41. Okay. Raiders Saints is my backup pick. Have you got a backup, Drew Lott? Uh, my backup, Drew Lock. Again, I'll just list all the totals that I like for the week, mm. to be completely honest with you. The ones I've already mentioned in the ACA, Rams, 49ers, mm -hmm. under 43. I know that McVay's a genius, but I don't know what he could have done in the bye week to fix that offensive line. They spent 
the least amount of money on their offensive line in the league. And I think we're seeing that and going up against a team that has Nick Bosa in, content, in contention for Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I think that they may struggle and the Rams also, if they're going to stay in this game, they will need to rely on their defense with the likes of Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner. So I like under 43 in that one. Mm-hmm. Titans, Texans under 40 and a half. I really like that because of the fact that I don't think Tannehill's going to play. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that this number dropped to minus two, minus one and a half in favor of the Titans means that the market to know Tannehill's not going to play. Mm-hmm. And I think if Malik Willis does play, then that number should probably drop even more so. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills, I think, is going to struggle with his offensive line going up against that Titans defensive line, which absolutely destroyed the Colts last week. Speaking of the Colts, under 39 and a half. Who knows what we're going to get from Sam Ellinger mm. and Taylor Heineke, but I don't expect them to be a lot of points on the board. I think mm. we're going to have a low-scoring week now. I think it is. I, mean, I know it's been a low-scoring season so far, but there's a part of me that just thinks that this week specifically, I've already mentioned the Bears-Cowboys as well. I think those are mm-hmm. two strong defenses. Then their offenses. I don't think Dak's necessarily going to be able to light it up against this Bears. So I think, and under in the London game as well. So yeah, there's a lot of totals I like in this. And uh, now I've said that it's going to be a low-scoring week. Wait for that Record big week. Yeah. <laughs> it's the highest scoring week in the history of the NFL. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, one more for you, gang. Uh, before we go, I mentioned uh, Tom Collins over at SBK, uh, who I co-host SBK Edge Rush Extra with. Uh, he is a sharp and then some. Here is his Drew Lock of the Week. My Drew Lock of the Week is the Minnesota Vikings minus 3.5 against the Arizona Cardinals, which is 10 to 11 with SBK. The Vikings are unbeaten at home in three games this year, as well as boasting a 5-1 and one record. Now, neither their offense or defense is amazingly good. They don't stand out in any category, but they have a plus four turnover differential this year and have only recorded six giveaways, three of which came in their only defeat against the Eagles. So they're playing safe football and winning, which is crucial. They've got talent on offense in the form of Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, among others. While Kirk Cousins should pay, play to his usual above average level, given this isn't prime time, when it's prime to a meltdown. I could talk for a while about why I don't like the Cardinals in general, let alone in this spot. But the majority of their offensive weapons are yard after the catch, guys, DeAndre Hopkins aside. And Hopkins himself was only targeted four times in a 34-33 victory over the Vikings back in 2021. The Vikings are healthy, coming off a bye, while Arizona gave up 34 points to Andy Dalton's Saints last week. And perhaps the most interesting argument of all is the historical trends in this matchup. The Arizona Cardinals have not won a regular season game against the Vikings in Minnesota since 1977. Back then, they weren't even called the Arizona Cardinals. They were St. Louis Cardinals. Since 1977, they're 0-10, and their average defeat has come by 14.3 points. Take the Vikings on the spread. How about that? How about them apples, Propo? Vikings, minus three and a half. Well, I'm, as you know, one of the, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is the Zach Taylor of the NFC for me. So I am very much down <laughs> yeah, yeah, on yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. And I really like what Kevin O'Connell's done yeah. with this team. And I think the Vikings are a, a very good organization, which feels weird to say. My only fear for them again is that idea that I don't think they're as good as their record suggests. So there might mm, be an element of regression. And I don't think they've got anyone who can stop DeAndre Hopkins. So I do like the total, the over in that game, but mm-hmm. the Vikings laying three and a half points. Kirk Cousins laying three and a half points always scares me, but. I'm worried about my Patriots pick now. <laughs> <laughs> All it takes is what? Can I change it? Can I change it? <laughs> what do you want to change it to? Well, I like the Falcon. No, I'm not going to change it. I've gone there now. I like the Falcons minus four and a half. Uh, and I like the over in the 
I like the over in the. In God, the I love this week. No matter how bad our records are, we'll always just give you loads of picks. We just <laughs> we just handed out about twenty four picks this week. Like I've pointed out, I'm a like that guy in the casino that just puts chips on eleven. Or yeah, exactly. Of the, of what I'll do numbers. is I'll note down every pick we've said on the show this week, and I'll get a record up for us. Okay, all right. We put down a lot. So. I'm going to save it, Grace. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get out of Dodge Propel. See you at Wembley on Sunday. See you at Wembley, sir. See you, mate. Lovely stuff. Shout out to SBK and Edge Rush Extra, which you can catch over on the SBK YouTube channels. It's also a pod you can find as well. Uh, we will put links to it over on our social channels at the NC Show. We'll put a link to the show over on our in our show notes as well. So you can click on over to their channel and check it out. If you haven't already, in the vault, FFS daily fantasy get your team ready for sunday uh get involved with me and i mike on i mike mondays and the brilliant phoebe Schechter, who's part of our crew at wembley stadium this sunday over on talk sport christian scotland williamson friend of the show in the house as well propo will be there ollie wilson shout out to you will gav too all the crew there for the broncos jaguars this sunday so make sure if you're not able to get to the game you're listening to us and if you are come give us a shout we'll see you at wembley bye for now Podcast Network.